A lot of people, when they first think about stocks, tend to lock in on the share price. Maybe this was you, or maybe this is a friend of yours. They'll say, well, Amazon, it's at $3,305 per share. That's expensive. By contrast, the same mentality when looking at penny stocks can get a lot more excited. Some penny stock they're seeing promoted by someone, perhaps some ne'er-do-well, and they'll think, wow, stock's at 33 cents, not $3,300. Like Amazon, 33 cents. They'll think, well, that's the one to buy, the one at 33 cents, because if it just reaches a dollar, you triple your money. Well, from the earliest days of The Motley Fool, we've tried to get people focused not on the price per share of the company, but rather on the market cap of the company. The price per share of a stock tells you almost nothing. It's the price to buy one share of the stock. But how many shares does the company have outstanding? In math, we multiply two multiple cans together, but the price per share is only one of those multiple cans. If you don't know the other one, you can't do any meaningful math or figure out much of the world around you. Well, fools with a capital F know that you need to know the shares outstanding and then multiply that by the price per share. And now you know the actual full value of the company, its full price tag, its market capitalization, market cap. Well, to teach this lesson inexorably and unforgettably, we invented a game. That's what I do. The date was August 9th, 2017. History will show we've been playing every quarter since. You're playing too. You know this. You've been playing along all the way through. And it's that time of the year again, that time of the quarter. Again, 10 new stocks, two guest stars, actually three guest stars, because you too, only on this week's Rule Breaker Investing. It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder, David Gardner. Welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. A delight to have you joining with us this week. And yeah, you are a guest star on every market cap game show. We play these on the penultimate Wednesday of every quarter. And it is that time of the year again, the second to last week of March, which reminds me to mention that on next week's show, it is, of course, our Rule Breaker Investing mailbag, the mailbag for March 2022. It's been a fun month. We did Old New Borrowed Blue to kick off the month, Telling Their Stories, Volume 4 with Bill Mann and Ori Hughes. Market got you down. That was last week. A lot of fun to do. And of course, I think, I hope, even more fun this week, the Market Cap Game Show. But of course, next week is the Rule Breaker Investing Mailbag. Our email address, rbi at fool.com. Write early, write often. If you want to be included, definitely write us by this weekend rbi at fool.com. You can also tweet us at rbi podcast. All right. Well, let me now introduce my two guest stars in studio this week. Well, studio, not exactly. I'm sitting in a hotel room somewhere in West Hartford, Connecticut. And uh, I think my guest stars are coming from their dens, it looks like. And that's the world we live in today, which isn't that bad a world. And I'm delighted to be joined this week by Tim Byers and Yasser El Shami, our two guest stars for this Market Cap Game Show. And Tim, let me turn to you first. Could you remind us, Tim Byers, briefly, how you found the fool 
and how you're spending your time around Full HQ in quotes these days? Oh, great, great question. Um, so I found the Fool back in the late 90s as a fan, as a reader of the original Motley Fool investment guide. Uh, and I, I am a self-taught investor. So um, I dove into everything I could find after I found the in investment guide. I read a lot. I spent a lot of time on, on fool.com. And I was a regular reader of, uh, back in the day, we used to send this daily email called the Fool Watch Daily, which had Love the it. stories of the day. And one day back in November, I think it was November 2003, in the Fool Watch Daily, it said, we're looking for writers. And I said, giddy up, I'm going to, uh, <laughs> you know, apply for this. So I did. And it, it asked for a, a stock pick. And so I, I made a stock pick and I wrote you remember what up. it was, Tim? It was Akamai Technologies, which happened to be the first stock that I pitched to you in Motley Fool Rule Breakers. So December 2003, that article appeared on fool.com. I started writing regularly for the fool after that. And it's going to be I can't believe this is real, but it is uh, 17 years next month is when I officially joined the Rule Breakers team Love when it. you gave me a thumbs up for Akamai Technologies. So today, um, I am deeply humbled that you trusted me to run uh, Rule Breakers, run point on Rule Breakers for uh, from from here on, I also have a couple of other services that I I work on and and help lead cloud disruptors and SaaS superstars. So, yeah, it's been uh, eighteen years going on nineteen. <laughs> it's hard to believe. For, thank you for every one of them, Tim Byers, and and your focus on technology and emerging technologies. Obviously, an exciting place to be hunting, and you've always done such a good job, Tim, kind of breaking things down and explaining to the layman, you know. The common fool, someone like me, what this or that cloud technology is or what this implies about the future. And before I introduce Yasser, Tim, I have my one icebreaker question for you. So sure. are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Excellent. So Tim Byers, what is something that somewhat to your surprise has impressed you recently? I would say, and I shouldn't be surprised by this, but I am surprised by the generosity of the human spirit. And there's there's so many examples of this. I can't just isolate one. Uh, there's there's a couple. I think a lot of them have been in, in sports. One of the more fascinating, um, I think maybe, well, I think you're, you're okay with this. I know you're a UNC, you know, University of North Carolina <laughs> alum. And, but I will say one of the great stories of Coach Mike Krzyzewski's run in the NCAA tournament this year is something that he didn't talk about, but has sort of come out. One of it, the longtime fans, I think this, this man recently passed away, but a, a, a fan who had Down syndrome. Have you heard this story? I have not. Okay, so this this uh, man had his family wrote to to Coach K. This was something like over 37 years ago. Um, and I, I think his name is Richard Mitchell. And so just said, hey, big Duke fan, would love to come to a game. And 
as you know, that particular program, like University of North Carolina, they sell out the arenas all the time. Very hard to get a seat at either one of those those games. And so Coach K responded, said, well, you can sit right behind me. And I thought, how amazing is that? Just the generosity of the I mean, I shouldn't be amazed by that because there are lots of stories like that of just the generosity of the human spirit. But this, you know, just in uh, the simple act of being like, yeah, you can sit behind me and just be part of the program. And every game, Coach K would reach behind him, shake this man's hand and had like, you know, super wow. fans sitting right behind him. I thought that's amazing. It's a great story. And, you know, it's, part of the reason it's a great story is because it doesn't make the headlines. Right. I, have cheer, I have cheered against Duke all of those 37 years, just about. <laughs> right. uh, and certainly there are aspects of Coach K and aspects of Duke that I, I greatly admire. And that's one of them. And it's not going to make the headlines. So I think that's part of the reason it can surprise us a little, even though I, I agree with you, Tim. We're surrounded by those every day if we but look. So thank you for sharing that. Now let me turn, before we get started, to our other guest star, Yasser Elshami. Yasser, you are making your market cap game show debut. How did you sleep last night? Not well, David. Not well. <laughs> Non-stop nightmares. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's deeply worrisome. And yet you look ready. You've got a good smile on your face, Yasser. You look ready to compete. Tim, a little bit more of an old hand, but it's always fun to have fresh blood in here. Now I say fresh, but Yasser, you've been a fool for quite a while. How did you find the Motley Fool? And what are you doing around Fool HQ these days? So uh, I don't know if you remember the first time we met, David, but I told you that, um, you know, I found out that I was a fool before I knew of the fool. Uh, as in, I was already applying sort of the principles of rule breaker investing in my own investing portfolio and philosophy, not obviously to the letter, because up to that point, I had not been exposed, but Around 2008, um, you know, that's kind of like when I started dipping my my toes into the waters of investing and bit by bit, you know, I started, you know, it was a lot of self-learning uh, in the process. Uh, I got exposed to some fool.com uh, commentary. And from there, I kind of became interested in the services and started listening to this very podcast. Um, and that's kind of what got me interested in The Motley Fool and I spent a couple of years just trying to get in and uh, you guys finally graciously allowed me into the building and uh, virtually, uh, I have to say, I started about t almost two years ago now and I have not set, set a foot in the building since Isn't I started that working. Remarkable. It's just crazy <laughs> to think, Yasser. Well, you've been doing a great job all the way through. Thank you. And I'm so glad wow. that that we, we are connected now as we are. And that you've got your game face on for the market cap game show. Now, Yasser, what is something that somewhat to your surprise has impressed you recently? So as you know, David, I'm a bit of a diehard football fan, or as you know, some people would call soccer fan. Uh, <laughs> and again, apologies if you follow me on Twitter, because I'm, I'm sure I'm bombarding your newsfeed with all kinds of soccer related um, posts. Um, but, you know, when I first moved to the U.S. in 2007, and I, I brought that baggage with me coming from Egypt to being, a, <laughs> you know, this uh, just crazy guy who loves to watch soccer every week. Um, I've been following my team since 1999. That's that my team is AS Roma uh, playing in the Italian Soccer League. And um, it was so hard when I first moved here to actually find any channel 
on which I can watch the games. Um, and I would watch these games religiously week in, week out. Um, and so I would just have to, I called my satellite company, I called my cable company. Uh, I would sometimes, unfortunately, resort to streaming online, you know, one of those uh, sites that would fill your laptop with all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and um, what has impressed me lately is just how popular European soccer has become in the United States. And more recently, uh, the Italian league in particular has, has been picked up by Paramount Plus and CBS Sports. Um, and the amount of production they've been putting into it, including pre-shows, post-shows, including sending reporters and anchors into Italy to do the reporting from there, has just absolutely amazed me. And as, again, uh, a very you know strong supporter of Italian soccer, I am just extremely impressed by how far we have come along. That is wonderful. I'm very happy to hear it. Did you ever look into Fubo or consider Fubo? Are you willing to pay that much for sports on a monthly basis? I know that 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 was a a, a recommendation before, but um, I would say I, I have never used Fubo actually, just because I don't want to pay per, on a per match basis. I just want to make sure that I have the entire season all set up for me. It's kind of like buying season tickets as opposed to just buying a ticket per game. And I imagine if I if I was living in Rome, I would definitely be buying those season tickets. Yes, wonderful. Thank you for sharing that, Yasser. One sports fan to another. We deserve to see our teams. And the world keeps getting better that way. It feels like um, streaming networks and all those uh, entertainment executives know ultimately that they want to give us their product. Although it wasn't that long ago that they finally began showing each of the March Madness games, I would say maybe 10 or 15 years ago, but the rest of my lifetime before that, sometimes you just would have to resort to network TV or just not watch your team. Amazing. All right. Well, friends, let's get started with the Market Cap Game Show. Now, quick reminder to all those tuning in, especially those new people, I tried to speak to this at the top, but the market cap of a stock is the price per share of the company multiplied by all of the shares. And that's a pretty good proxy for the overall price tag, the overall value of the company itself. So the 10 stocks that we'll be playing with this quarter have once again been randomized, but we're looking at the market cap of the companies. I will certainly mention the ticker symbol of each of these interesting 10 companies. Some of us probably have a few of these in our portfolios. I challenge anybody to tell me he or she has all 10 of this game show's stocks in their portfolio. We'll see. So I think there are a lot of new ideas here. Without further ado, gentlemen, let's get started. Tim, I have randomized you first. I'll be asking you the market cap range of this company, you'll state a range, and then Yasser will come in and say it's either inside or outside that range, and so will each of us playing at home. Each of us playing at home, it's as simple as saying, do I agree with Tim, it's inside his range, or do I disagree with Tim, it's outside his range. So let's get started. Stock number one. Tim, how'd you meet your wife? Oh, gosh, that was so many years ago that was a um it was a setup at an old friend's uh college friend uh at their apartment and sounds like kind of a, a good kind of setup like setup is as a phrase that sometimes is a negative connotation no you were not it was, set up no 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 it was it was good <laughs> i handled it very poorly but it but absolutely it was great it was great but yeah would I say I handled that well? No, fumbled it totally. Um, but yeah, 
yeah, that's how I that's how I met her. Yeah, way back in the day. Well, friends and family continues to be globally the number one way that people eventually meet their spouse or partner. Now, Yasser, I'm conscious that coming from the Middle East, you've spent a, a good deal of your time in Egypt, and I know you've lived some. I know you've lived some other interesting places. Uh, the number two way that people meet a spouse or partner is through an arranged marriage. And I think of India most prominently as a hugely populous country where that happens a lot. Is that not uncommon in Egypt? I would say it's neither common nor completely uncommon. So it happens, but it's not definitely to the scale that you would uh, assume uh, may be happening in a, in a country like India, for example. Yes. And of course, it also happens in the United States of America. It happens worldwide. That is the number two way that people meet a spouse or partner. Number three, though, uh, this company is the worldwide leader, I think, when you think about, at least outside of China, uh, websites and businesses that help people meet the one. The ticker symbol is, of course, MTCH. This is Match Group. Match Group has appeared a number of times on market cap game shows over the years. It is, It was a stock advisor pick of mine. It's been an outstanding performer. And while Yasser, Tim, and David, the three of us talking to you, probably weren't young enough to really use that to find our spouse or partner. I did, That's David. I did. Outstanding. <laughs> Yasser, you know, I, so you're about to speak to Tim's range here. We'll have to talk to that in a minute. But I am delighted to hear that. And it, and it really is a very common way, of course, today. And I know you're not quite as old as Tim and I, so Yasser, thank you for that. But let me turn back to Tim Byers. Tim, you've been randomized as the one making the first call on yeah. the first stock. So Tim Byers, what is the range of market cap you would like to specify for match group, ticker symbol MTCH? Mm, this is an interesting one because it is a bigger company than you might expect, um, but I don't think it's a massive company. So I'm going to say, David, um, just because, I mean, I'm not going to give Yasser any rookie discounts here. So because of that, I'm going to create a fairly tight range here, guessing that I think Yasser probably knows the answer here. So <laughs> I do not have the exact answer. I will say that right up front, but I think I'm pretty close. So here we go. The range is between 39.6 billion and 43.253 billion. Love the specification to the third decimal. All right. Now, Yasser and everybody playing at home, Tim just said 39.6 billion to 43.253 billion. Yasser, inside or outside that range? I'm going to go with the outside. I think it's a smaller company than that. And sure enough, Yasser, you are correct. So players at home, if you said outside Tim's rather tight and somewhat specific range, give yourself a plus one. The market cap for Match Group is $26.46 billion. Now, it's worth mentioning that this edition of the Market Cap Game Show comes after a pretty dramatic market sell-off, really, for the most part of the last several months. So Let's, let's be very clear on this, friends. Match Group wasn't far off of double its market cap when we did this show eight or nine months ago, if we'd mentioned Match Group at the time. So like a lot of stocks, and part of the interest of this week's show is 
the market caps, they've been coming down. Tim, you seemed very confident you went with a tight range. Any regrets now? No, no regrets. I mean, this is the part of the game that is one of the things I like about the game is that you, even if you don't know the answer, if you play the game well, um, you can still have a shot. And I mean, look, David, I, you know, I too have a, a, um, a football slash soccer club I like that I'll get into later. But you may think of me as the wily midfielder that cannot get back up and down the pitch <laughs> like I used to, but I still know how to deliver a tackle. <laughs> well said. And Yasser, uh, are you a beneficiary of the match group ticker civil MTCH? I am. Uh, in fact, my wife and I met uh, via OKCupid, uh, which I believe has been acquired by Match.com since. Yes. Um, but uh, I would say about uh, seven, eight years ago now. I'm sorry, my wife will kill me if I don't recall. <laughs> but... <laughs> Just don't let her uh, listen to this right. show and we're good. <laughs> exactly. I, yes, it is. It's definitely seven. Um, and um, yeah, we, 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 you know, it was just the old school set up your profile. I, I was dragged into it uh, by a friend of mine who was like, okay, you got to do this. This is how you meet people, uh, you know, today. And uh, I did it. And, uh, you know, it was honestly love at first sight. We just, you know, hit it off completely from the first date and uh, there's something to be said about the algorithm actually working and, and and that's true and you know gentlemen i always think about this age of ai that we continue to talk about we're either in it already or it's still coming but you think about what artificial intelligence if it really is that smart what it might be able to do through these kinds of matchmaking services that you can't possibly do in real life because you just don't have a database search when you're in your own zip code going out on a date with somebody that your friends set you up with. So it's really fascinating to think more about that. This continues to be a company of great interest to me. Yasser, I now regret that I randomly picked Tim first to go because you're the one with the match.com story. Actually, it's okay, Cupid, but that was wonderful. Well, the good news is, Yasser, you got one point. So again, players at home, if you said outside the range, give yourself plus one. If not, you're still at zero. It's Yasser one, Tim zero. Let's move on to stock number two. Yasser, are you a night owl, an early bird, or or another avian of your own description? Yeah, I used to be a night owl uh, before I had kids, for sure. <laughs> uh, the kids have forced me into being a very early riser. But having said that, even though I do wake up early, I don't f gain my full cognitive capabilities up until around 10 a.m. in the morning, so I require a lot of caffeination before uh, before I can I can really kick in, and uh, so I, I would say I'm at most productive actually you know in that range between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. And Yasser, do you make sure that you stop having coffee at a certain point in the day in order to have good sleep that night? I do. Uh, so I actually. I only have one coffee per day, and that's, again, in the morning just to get me going. Uh, and if I do have any caffeine later in the day, either tea or a Diet Coke or something, then I definitely uh, do that before, you know, 4 p.m. Very disciplined. No, no, no caffeine after 4 p.m. for sure. Very disciplined. You sound like a creature of habit in this context, and that's, that's most impressive. 
And without prying too much or any further, really, Yasser, would you say for the most part you get good sleep at night? Again, before kids, I did have good sleep at night. Now I have, you know, kids screaming on the intercom and, you know, random kids walking into my bedroom at 3 a.m. So I used to, but uh, look, I love my kids. Uh, They are the joy of my life, but it's just, it comes with the package. And it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, you think about the importance of sleep. Much literature has spoken to this. I think a lot of people um, are very focused. And of uh, many of us, do have a very common problem called sleep apnea in one form or another. And there's a big industry aimed at trying to correct or at least help us sleep better through our sleeping problems, whether it's CPAP machines or others. And the company we're about to talk about, ticker symbol RMD, is RestMed, which is today a San Diego, California-based medical device company, a big dog, a long time, a global player, In fact, it operates in 140-plus countries worldwide, manufacturing facilities in places as diverse as Australia, France, Singapore, etc., which may speak somewhat to its size, but we will let, Yasser, you figure out what you think is your best call on the market cap range for ResMed, ticker symbol RMD. How big of a range can I get? (laughs) Can I guess as here? Big as you like. Oh, it's, you know, big and generous just makes it easier for Tim and all of our players at home. So it's how right. how generous are you feeling? All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna go with a relatively bigger range here just because I am not as familiar with the company. Um I would say the range is likely to be between eleven billion dollars and nineteen billion dollars. Eleven billion dollars to nineteen billion dollars. Tim, players at home, would you like to go inside or outside Yasser's range for rest med? I I think Yasser's got it mostly mostly right here. So I'm going to say inside the range, David. And I'm mm. sorry to say, Tim, that you both have undershot and I'm sure many of our players at home have as well. I myself was shocked to see the market cap of this company, which is thirty-seven point wow. two five billion, so okay. bigger wow. than we thought. You know, many a time on the market cap game show in the past, this still might happen this week. When somebody guesses way higher, we often say, "Hey, maybe you should buy that stock." If you thought that was a hundred billion dollar company and it's only a ten billion dollar company, that implies that there's probably a lot of growth ahead of you. You're impressed by it, but this is an opposite case. This. Both of you gentlemen have this as a smaller company, but it's about twice the size. So maybe this shouldn't be one for your watch list. Maybe it's the fish that got away. Not to say, though, that good companies aren't always still worth buying. They generally are. But yes, RMD, 37 and a quarter billion. That brings our score up to Yasser, two, Tim, nothing. Yasser, now being confronted with the facts of ResMed's market cap, has this changed your view of the world in any way? Yes, I didn't know so many people snored. <laughs> I, I know. Um, I mean, I recognize that it's a big global issue. Uh, I'm very impressed, though, that uh, you know ResMed has been so successful um, with its product and being able to provide that solution uh, on a global scale and 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 develop the company to that level. Thank you. All right, let's move on to stock number three. Again, ladies, gentlemen, fools everywhere, all of these stocks have been randomized from a large universe of 
approximately 500 stocks that we do coverage on through our Motley Fool services. Even the order in which I present these stocks has been randomized, which makes this next one popping up here quite interesting. Stock number three, Tim, I turn to you. This might sound familiar. Tim, are you a night owl, an early bird, or another avian of your own description? I mean, I used to be much more of an early riser. I still probably do a little better earlier. But I am not nearly as disciplined as Yasser. I'm all over the place. I drink a pot of coffee a day <laughs> and try to drink as much water as I can to go along with that. And I probably should go to bed a little bit earlier, but I don't. So um, I guess I'm a, a bird of an entirely different color. Um, I'm kind of a little bit of both, which is probably not amazing. And Tim, do you have, um, and I'm going to ask you also the same in a sec, do you have any kind of go-to to put yourself back to sleep? Obviously, counting sheep is the cliche, uh, breathe in, breathe out, count your breaths. Do you have a technique that might benefit all of us listening to you? No, but I, I will say, I mean, probably the reason I'm not nearly as disciplined about this, and this is, I get that this is fundamentally annoying. Like when I when I do go you know, get into bed and get ready to go to sleep. I never have a hard time going to sleep that see, I say that and then tonight, you know, there we go. Just kiss of death right there. But, um, yeah, I usually do not have any trouble going, going to sleep. Well, the reason Tim, that I'm asking you the same question I asked Yasser is because this company happens to be in the exact same field. Inspire, mm medical systems, ticker symbol INSP, is a Minnesota-based company, and they make a device that can be implanted. It is specifically implanted in you to combat your sleep apnea. So a really interesting emergent, uh, rule-breakery kind of a company, not one I'd previously mm -hmm. recommended, but I find it very interesting. Inspire, for the most part, if you take a, a meaningful period of long-term returns has been a spectacular stock. Tim, I'm now turning to you to ask you, what is the market cap of Inspire Medical Systems, ticker symbol INSP? What is your range? So I actually have no idea. So Love that. This, that makes the game more fun. So this is this is a this is a totally wild guess, but this is going to be a little bit of a crazy guess. So um, I will give a, a fairly sizable range, but I think this is one that could actually be, I believe that, that Inspire actually could be in this range, but it's a pretty <laughs> wide, but it's a pretty wide range. Um, so I'm going to say 757.8 million up to Yasser's previous range which was $11 billion. So that's a massive right. range. A big, wide range. And I think it is safe to assume, although I'm not going to confirm or deny because I don't want to help anybody, it's probably safe to assume this is not as large a company as ResMed. After all, this is a company with their one widget. I mean, there's a lot more going on in Inspire than just this, but this is the only FDA-approved obstructive sleep apnea treatment that works inside your body to treat the root cause, I'm reading right off their website, of sleep apnea, 
with just the click of a button. And I bet whether or not Yasser gets this right or not, I bet some of our listeners who may have some problems in this area are having their eyes open to some potential new technologies. Yasser, I heard Tim say something like 757.8 million on the low end to 11 billion on the high end. Do you want to go inside that range with Tim or outside that range? Well, I'm going to switch it up this time. I'm going to say inside. Uh, I, I would have actually guessed the range to be roughly within, you know, uh, those confines, probably less than 11 mil, uh, uh, billion would have been my guess. Uh, something along, you know, the range of 700 million to 5 billion. Um, but, uh, but yeah, let's find out. And it is indeed inside that range. And you didn't even have to specify a number, Yasu. You could have looked even smarter because it's actually 6.3 billion outside of the range that you just uh. specified voluntarily. But what really matters is that Tim was generous to you. And Tim, Tim is a very generous minded person. He spoke to the generosity of others earlier in the show. Uh, he was generous with a big, wide, just about an 11, $10 billion range. And yes, $6.3 billion falls almost right square in the middle of the range that Tim gave. Gentlemen, I also don't know this company very well. I did do a little extra reading up on it. I think it's really interesting. And I thought it was so much fun and crazy, really, that out of 500 or so companies, RestMed and Inspire Medical would go back to back because they really are within the same uh, larger field. Well, the score is Yasser 3, Tim Zero and Tim, I feel as if that's not just a that's not. Oh, a this fair- is typical. This is typical for me. I got absolutely <laughs> j- j- hammered by Maria the last time I was on, so no one should be surprised by this whatsoever. Not at all. This is just rookie luck. Nothing. All nothing right. more. And, and Yasser, do you have any sleep tips before we move on to stock number four? Yes. Uh, if you happen to have, if you happen to subscribe to any British podcast, they do wonders in putting you to sleep. <laughs> but I don't, and I don't make, I don't intend to make any offensive statement. I love people in Britain, but the accent is just so relaxing to me uh, that I can just put on some podcasts in a British accent, and in less than a minute, I'm out. Wonderful. And hey, Tim, he just falls asleep when he hits the bed, which is a neat trick if you can pull it. Okay, yeah. Yasser 3, Tim 0. Let's move on to stock number 4. Yasser, you've already described yourself as a sports fan, so we know you love what some people call football and other people call soccer, but it's that sport with a white and black dotted ball that's very popular worldwide. Do you have any other sports or interests? Do, do you buy tickets and attend stadiums for any other sports? Um, I do not follow other sports as religiously as I follow football slash soccer. Um, I do occasionally <laughs> watch basketball, um, and uh, and I would I would probably watch you know the Super Bowl. I would watch sort of like the big events, yeah, uh, in the sports world. But uh, but the, yeah, but not much outside of the of the soccer field. And, and but when you watch these sports, and let's just go back to AS Roma. I'm assuming that you're assuming that everyone is trying 100% to win. Nothing's being faked. Nobody's taking a dive. It's genuine, right? We as sports fans expect most of our sports are authentic. That's absolutely right. So that is um, that is an assumption you make. Are, are, are there popular sports in your mind that don't have that same assumption uh, in the minds of the fans? Are there sports 
that are pretend? Is there some fakery out there in the sports world? Uh, oh, I know where you're going with this, David. Um, I think we're talking about wrestling here. <laughs> and, uh, and I can tell you that as, as a young, you know, preteen in Egypt, I used to watch a lot of American wrestling uh, on uh, Egyptian channels, whatever they would, they would air over there. And I used to believe it with all my heart. Like, this is real, you know, uh, but eventually I was told the sad truth that uh, <laughs> it may not be all that, you know, it pretends to be. Uh, and it was kind of as shocking to me as you telling, you know, a 10 year old that Santa doesn't really exist. Careful now. <laughs> and, and I will say that my brother Tom and I had a very similar childhood. Saturday mornings, at least in Washington, D.C., on TV, wrestling championship wrestling came on and we we loved it and i think i was about nine and tom was about seven when somebody at school told us that it's not actually real that they're just going through the motions out there in the wrestling ring and that kind of did kill it for me but it turns out it doesn't kill it for that many people there are a lot of people who are adults who probably already know that but maybe love it even more well let's let's let the market cap be the judge so yes you did correctly divine, Yasser, that we're talking about World Wrestling Entertainment, ticker symbol WWE. I think a lot of people who are new to the stock market, probably some people hearing us right now, don't realize that is a public company. You can actually become a part owner of World Wrestling Entertainment. And I'm curious, Yasser, I think a lot of us are, what is the market cap range you want to state for ticker symbol WWE? Well, again, it's one of those companies that are not too small, not too big. They're somewhere in between. Um, I'm going to guess that the market cap of WWE falls somewhere in the range between $31 billion and $38 billion. $31 billion to $38 billion for a long-running sport that has been on television and increasingly pay-per-view. And in, I mean, it's a big... Tim, Tim Byers, have you ever attended a WWE event? No, I never, I never have. But I, the, the old school wrestlers, like the late great Rowdy Roddy Piper, is you know one of my, one of my absolute favorites. But yeah, I, boy, you, I, I couldn't even tell you the last time. The last time, let's put, I'll, I'll date myself and say, I forget his last name, but the commentator on. I guess back then it was called the World Wrestling Federation. I think it, was, it probably was. Yeah, WWF. Yeah, Mean Gene. That's who I remember. <laughs> you know, like I wish I could remember his last name, but was was you know giving the the commentary from the sideline and yeah, I it's been I have no idea the last time well, I actually watched a wrestling match. From Mean Gene, let's turn to Slim Tim and ask you, Tim, and players at home. Are we inside Yasser's $31 to $38 billion market cap with World Wrestling Entertainment or outside that range? I can't decide whether it's a little bit lower or a little bit higher, but I think it's outside, David. All right. Plus one for Tim on the scorecard. Yasser, three. Tim, one. Gentlemen, Yasser was not even close with this one. And again, I love playing the game because like Alex Trebek and hosts of your 
I, I sound all knowledgeable because I always have the right answers and I never have to look a little crazy. But my friends, the market cap for World Wrestling Entertainment is just $4.39 billion. So almost one-tenth what we were contemplating earlier. So Tim, when you said it might be a little lower, you were right. It is a little lower. This is a much smaller company than I think a lot of us might have thought. And Yasser, why do you think you guessed so high now in retrospect? Well, I'm thinking of it as a global franchise, uh, a long-running one at that. I know they've had a lot of very successful broadcasting deals over the past few years. Um, so all of this kind of uh, gave me confidence that uh, it was a much bigger company than it, it actually is. But now that I know it's, it has such a, a low market cap, I, I may need to give it another look. Well, and we've made that point many a time, and I already made it once this week, but I would like to point out, I didn't know this myself, but if you look at the stock market performance for WWE over the last 10 years, which I think is a good amount of time to judge something, my friends, market crusher, this stock is up 600% to that market cap of just $4.4 billion. So this might be one for the watch list, the El Shami and or buyer's watch list, even if we don't pay too much attention. Uh, I think it's, in general, not doing bad things out there in this world. I, I don't find myself compelled by the entertainment. I know we have some big fans at Full HQ and Motley Fool Live. Some of our hosts talk regularly about the WWE. But just from a business standpoint, uh, it does have a long history. It does have a worldwide brand in some senses. It's only a $4.4 billion company. And some of us thought it was about 10 times that. So I say that's a watch lister. All right. Well, Yasu 3, Tim 1, let's move on to stock number 5. Tim what is your favorite form of social media? And I'm going to say favorite maybe in the sense that you log the most hours there. Oh, boy. I mean, David, I'll, I'll you know, at the risk of being get off my lawn guy, I will tell you <laughs> that um, I quit Facebook and Twitter over three years ago and I, I'm not going back. And that's not an indictment of those. It is it is really bad for my brain, and I have discovered that, and like, can't do it. So, what's my favorite form of social media? I mean, the one that classically remains is LinkedIn, which I get kind of for for business news. And I would say, I mean, I'll, I'll say this: I don't have a Twitter account, but I do look at. I'll just follow up here. So, Yasser's a big fan of AS Roma. My English premier football team is this tiny little club called Crystal Palace in South London. And I love that club so much. It's such, it's so fun to watch that, that club and sort of follow along. And they do have some clever stuff that the fan sites and the club itself do put yeah. up on Twitter. So even though I'm not a Twitter user per se, I do log in to those feeds to kind of get, and they had, yeah, there's, there's some really great stuff what they, what they put up on there that just makes me smile. So I guess I have to say Twitter in that sense. Fair enough. And you know, social media can mean many different things. Uh, this is by the way, a, a fun icebreaker question for all kinds of ages. We, we found ourselves on spring break, uh, skiing in Colorado with people of all ages in the house we were in and just asking each person that question, 
everyone can relate. And even if you're not active at all in social media, I mean, one of the people said Motley Fool discussion boards. I mean, that mm, depending on what we mean one. by social platform, social sure. media, that's a perfectly legit answer. So writ large, we're all participating in social media, but it's not just Facebook to Tim's point or, or Twitter. And this company is one that I don't think I'll be using anytime soon as a social platform, but it's very popular for the professional audience that uses it. So I'm not a doctor and I do not play one on TV, but LinkedIn for doctors is not a bad way of summarizing the business of Doximity. The ticker symbol is D-O-C-S. LinkedIn for doctors, I say, I mean, they would say the professional medical network for physicians, the largest community of healthcare professionals in the country, over 80% of US doctors using this platform, 50% of all nurse practitioners and physician assistants as verified members. They've kind of cornered the market for people working within the medical professional field. I, I'm going to say more about this company in a little bit. I do want to disclaim right now, this is not a previous stock pick of mine. I don't know much about Doximity, but I'm glad that I randomized it for this week's Market Cap Game Show because I think it's a pretty interesting company. So Tim, let me turn back to you and ask you, what is the market cap of Doximity, ticker symbol D-O-C-S? What is your market cap range? So I know this business pretty well. We'll see how much I know about the market cap. But I do know this business pretty well because it is a rule breakers recommendation. LinkedIn for doctors is a good way to um, to describe it. Um, it does. It provides some really good services for doctors and allows them to essentially find medicines that they may want to prescribe in a way that sort of eliminates what used to be, which is people coming by the office and giving away samples. Instead, it does have. There are some advertisements that the pharmaceutical companies will put into a Doximity feed, but it provides really great services to physicians. So very valuable, profitable company, well-run, founder-led. I'm going to say the market cap, $9.237 billion to... <laughs> Nine point nine three four billion. <laughs> I mean, okay. look, that does not mean that I know it, but I mean, you have to decide whether or not specificity means accuracy. So I rotated off of the Rule Breakers team um, last May, and of course, our service continues. It's been some tough sailing, not just for Rule Breakers, but for the stock market. Period. Uh, but I love that clearly this is a company, Tim, that you and the team have picked. And I will mention, while it has come down from its high highs of last fall post-IPO, post this is a stock that IPO'd around 40 uh, last June. And today, I'm not going to say exactly where it is, but it's one of those that's not that much farther above or below its IPO after having run up. Okay. I'm not going to say anything more for now. I love that I was asking you about this company because clearly with your tight range, you have knowledge of Doximity. Yasser and players at home, Tim stated a market cap range for Doximity of 9.237 billion to 9.934 billion. Yasser inside or outside that range. Well, I'm just going to have to say that Tim is playing mind games with me right now because, you know, this, this range, I've never heard any Anything tighter than that. Um, all right. And I 
know it's a rule breaker recommendation and Tim is familiar with it, but I'm going to go with outside the range just because I think that range is very tight. And it is indeed just outside Tim's range. Now let's be clear. Anytime somebody brings in a really tight range on the market cap game show, they probably know this company pretty well and they might just be head gaming their opponent. And Tim, I'm not going to say whether you were doing that or not, but I will say that as of this Tuesday afternoon, March 22nd, the market cap for Doximity is $8.74 billion, so just a little bit lower than that narrow range. So players at home, if you said outside Tim's range, give yourself a plus one. Yasser, you get a plus one. Tim, I need to turn right back to you. Tell us a little bit more about Doximity. Honestly, and I will say that actually wasn't head games. I thought... It, I, so I must have just been late in looking at the market cap because I thought for sure that I had it right. I, I actually thought I had seen it at $9.3 billion. It's, it's probably the enterprise value, Tim. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I actually thought I was right there. So, no, Doximity is a great company. And like I said, it's founder-led. And one of the great ideas of, of this is um, there's a couple things. First, and, and one of the things I really like it as a rule breaker um, is the vast majority of medical students coming out. One of the first things they do is choose to go on Doximity so they can get found, they can find and network with, with other doctors and more experienced physicians that maybe have their own offices. A service that Doximity provides is called a dialer. In other words, and on the dialer, you can pick up a call like through your answering service say like on your iphone and the patient doesn't necessarily have your direct number that is obscured from the patient but you could still you know actually get calls that need to go to you through your iphone and you are not compromising say like your personal time um it is a fascinating service that connects medical students going into the field as they get into residency and move up in in their career so doximity gets them early and then provides an additional layer of services later and that gives them the right the permission to maybe put some pharmaceutical ads into that doximity feed fascinating business really well run and i think it's one of those profitable breakers that is um probably going to be better known david like yep. over time but just isn't yet yeah and if i can add you know one more thing about doximity i love how stakeholder oriented their management is um you know right before their ipo'd uh they actually offered all the doctors who are on the platform the chance to own their shares pre-ipo uh, and I know that because my wife is a physician and she uh -huh. is a user and she is a user of Doximity. Um, and she was given the chance to uh, purchase, I believe, up to $5,000 worth of uh, Doximity shares pre-IPO. And, uh, you know, let's just say the shares, I think, almost instantaneously doubled uh after the ipo not that my wife actually bought the shares of course <laughs> but but i love the fact that they uh they wanted their users to be stakeholders in the business itself well and i love how this company connects in with both of you tim clearly just knowledgeable 
because you're fascinated by the technology and the opportunity. Yasser, in this case, your wife, a physician. Clearly, this is one of those companies, at least within that field, I think probably passes the snap test. That is, if you snapped your fingers and doximity disappeared overnight, would anyone notice? Would anyone care? It sounds like everybody in healthcare, at least in the US, would notice, and a lot of people would care. I did mention the IPO. I'll just point out some numbers here. Um, the company IPO'd first day was at 40. That probably means it traded up from wherever your wife got those shares initially, Yasser and many others besides. The stock went from that kind of first day of 40, uh, you know, about a, two months later, it was 60. So it was up 50%. Two months after that, it touched over 100. Uh, but with the market sell-off from the fall into the spring of this year, from 100 down to where it touches right around $50 a share today. So those who are just hearing about this company for the first time, you're going to be getting a 50% off from just this fall if you're interested. Anyway, it sounds, guys, as if this is one to follow, one to put on your watch list. And I'm glad it was randomly company number five. All right, Yasser four, Tim one. How you doing at home? Raise your hand if you have five. I hope you're not listening to this while driving a car. Keep those hands on the wheel, but great job if you have five or four, three, two, one. Some of us have zero, but you know what? We're learning the most. Those of us who have zero, we are learning the most. Let's keep going on to stock number six. Turning now back to Yasser. Yasser, rate yourself on a scale of zero to 10, where zero is horrendously bad, of course, and 10 is professionally awesome. As a photographer... Ooh, uh, I would probably say I'm a seven. Uh, I'm I've ne I have not studied professional photography. I've never messed around with you know the real deal cameras, uh, but I do tend to pay attention to things like lighting and distance and perspective, and so on. Uh, I used to minor in film back in back in the day in college, so uh, all of those things have kind of rubbed off a little bit on on my photography. And based on my knowledge of your innate humility, Yasser, if you're giving yourself a seven, that means most of us would be saying nine at this point. And uh, I appreciate what you're saying there. You know, one of the things, this is a small pet peeve of mine, not one I'll probably feature on a future podcast, so I'll just share it here. But sometimes I'm sad when, you know, inevitably you give your camera, your iPhone camera to somebody else because they're, they've graciously said, I'll, I'll take a picture of you and your family in front of this beautiful place and you're like well thank you so much but then later you look at the picture and you're like you know that person unfortunately didn't really understand composition at all because they didn't realize it's as simple as if they'd waited three seconds the person behind us who basically ruined our picture would have been moving left to right and have been gone and so not everybody's thinking about what's in the background for example i'm going to give myself about a four because i never took film class let alone photography class but i do feel like we are all photographers these days with smartphones. We are all photographers. And so I would have been a one without my iPhone, but I think I'm a four with it. So lots and lots of pictures are being taken. And these days with the demands of visual learners and the visual web, more than ever before, it seems like beautiful photographs help sell products, help unite tribes, help bring people together. And not all of those are owned merely by an individual. There is a lot of stuff that is in the public domain these days that whether it's photos, video clips, sound clips, there's quite a large collective commons today of digital assets. And Yasser, Shutterstock, ticker symbol SSTK, 
is a company that's been doing this almost 20 years now, building a library of photos, sometimes generic stock photos that you need to put next to your Motley Fool article, let's say. Or maybe it's a picture of a snowboard and you're you're putting together your Shopify site. You're kind of a homebrew dude. You need some some stock photos, video clips, music. Yasser, have you have you heard or spent any time looking at Shutterstock? I have not spent much time looking at it. Of course, I've heard of the company and its products, but uh, it's not one that I'm very familiar with. In that case, it's even more fun than to ask you, what is the market cap range you would like to specify for ticker symbol SSTK Shutterstock, which, by the way, was founded in 2003 and came public in 2012? Okay, uh, here it goes. <laughs> I think I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go between... Two billion and three point five billion dollars. Two billion to three point five billion dollars. Tim Byers, players at home, do you want to go with Yasser inside that range of two point oh to three point five billion, or outside that range? I mean, I feel like I should uh, say inside the range. So naturally, I'm going to go Costanza and say outside the range. And like Costanza, <laughs> I'm sorry to say, it doesn't always nice. work out. Because nice. Yasser, well done. Yasser did a pretty darn good job with his, with his range. The answer is the market cap of Shutterstock is 3.33, three and a third, repeating, billion dollars today. And so, yes, that is inside the range of 2.0 to 3.5, just barely. Tim, do you often go Costanza or just in market cap game show content? I do that in the market cap game show because I feel like my instincts are wrong. <laughs> so like if my instincts are wrong, then I have to do like the the Costanza, but it didn't work out that time. <laughs> All right, well let's keep moving on to stock. Number 7, I've got it Yasser 5, Tim 1. No pressure Tim, but you will need to get all of these to tie. That's now, true. You both yep. know it's it's not about either of you. It is about our players at home. So I'm really curious to hear. And anybody who'd like to tweet it out at RBI Podcast, you can give us your market cap game show score this week. Zero to ten. Some of us may still be at zero. No one can be at ten yet because we're only at stock number seven. Tim, what did you think of Amazon's effort to shop its HQ? You remember? Hey, yep, sure. Put on po- dog and pony show American right. cities. Yep. What'd you what think? did I think of it? Yeah. Um, I thought it was a little indulgent, but I do, I do get it. Like you're trying to get the best deal and you're trying to get incentives from different localities. Um, I mean, one of the things that's true about Amazon is they are ruthless about managing their costs and turning costs into an opportunity to generate uh, profit or margin. I mean, they've done that arguably better than any company in history. And this is another one of those where they essentially said, we're going to bring you a lot of revenue. What are you going to do for us? And so (laughs) to their, I mean, you could argue whether or not that was, uh, a you know, 
a little bit too much leverage. You know, nice looking city you got there. Shame if you didn't get our HQ. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, that's the leverage they had. I mean, I have to say, I think it's pretty brilliant what they did because the amount yeah. of buzz free marketing that they got city by city. Totally. Um, and I don't think it was done cynically. I don't think it was all just uh, to to market its services. I, I do think it was a no. genuine effort to figure out what would be the best place. Really happy to say that Northern Virginia won. So about one zip code over from Full HQ, Amazon is in the process of moving in. But, you know, Amazon's not the only company that's ever done that or will ever do that. And in fact, the next company, about which I know precious little, uh, recently did a similar thing. Now, it didn't make it national. Many of us have never heard of this company before, but Health Peak Properties, ticker symbol P-E-A-K, real estate kind of a REIT-like company. This is a company that was shopping where it might move its headquarters. It was doing this in November of 2020. It chose Denver, Tim Byers, not so far from where you live these days in Colorado. It chose Denver, picked it over Dallas, by the way, and Nashville. So this process, of course, Amazon made huge headlines over a prolonged period of time with the decision it made, but many other companies are regularly assessing where does it make sense for us to be. Denver, a beautiful city today. Seems like a lot of the world is moving to Denver. Some of the world's moving out of Silicon Valley to move down to Texas and Colorado. That's certainly been a trend. Well, I'm not sure I've done a very adequate job explaining Health Peak Properties, which is basically a company focused on real estate in senior living areas and in medical businesses as well. A longstanding member of the S&P 500 since March of 2008, if that helps anybody start to dream up Tim Byers, what they're going to call the market cap range on this one. This company IPO'd in 1985. It's gone through a couple of name changes over time, but Health Peak Properties, I like the ticker symbol P-E-A-K. Now, we as rule breakers, and after all, this is the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast, and I'm speaking to two rule breakers with me this week. We're not necessarily Matt Argusinger. We're not necessarily combing the world for what the next great real estate play is, but The Motley Fool is. And part of the reason this company was randomized from our database of 500-plus companies that we're tracking is because we have a lot of people who are interested in this, just not as many rule-breaker types. But I do think senior living, think about the growth of that. This company seems very well-positioned. So with all that as prologue, let me now turn to you, Tim, and ask you, what is the market cap for Health Peak Properties, ticker symbol P-E-A-K, your range? I mean, my scientific process for guessing the market cap range on this one <laughs> is basically Magic 8-Ball. <laughs> so, so, so let's, but it's a, it's I, a creative decision where you want to start your range and how much you want to widen the range. That's, that's, that's part right. of the game here. I mean, I exactly. And clearly there is some, some real strategic prowess at this company because they've chosen Denver as, <laughs> as their headquarters. So that, I mean, that that's clear. So there has to be a floor here based on on what they're what they're doing so I'm gonna say um, between 3.6 billion and 5.8 billion so like solid but not not enormous yet but they'll get there all right and now turning to our players at home 
and Yasser El Shami. Tim has just stated a market cap range for Health Peak properties from $3.6 billion to $5.8 billion. Yasser, inside or outside that range? So I'm going to go with outside that range. I'm not too familiar with the company, just like Tim, but my assumption here is that the market may have been favorable to them recently as a re-dividend paying company compared to a lot of high growth stocks that got absolutely smoked over the past few months. Um, So I would say outside. And indeed, it is outside. Yasser, you are. I'm going to name you Rookie of the Year now as you take a 6-1 to one lead because you nailed it. And actually, gentlemen, maybe a little bit of a giveaway with this one is it's been in the S&P 500 since March of 2008. So this is a larger company, not a big company. And had I ever heard of Health Peak Properties before researching this week's podcast? The answer is no. So let me make it clear. I'm just like Tim um, but the company's market cap is $17.95 billion. So basically an $18 billion kind of real estate company. This is a REIT. And as, as Tim pointed out, REITs pay dividends. The, the dividend yield, if I'm seeing it right right now, for PEAK is 3.6%, not too shabby. Although you can certainly find some higher dividends among other REIT companies. But, you know, REITs, real estate investment trusts, are required to pay out a substantial amount of the income that they make on an annual basis in the form of dividends. That's why they have structured themselves as real estate investment trusts. This is one of them. And gentlemen, I will say before we move on to the next stock, again, the senior living space. I'm visiting my father this week outside Hartford, Connecticut. And I can tell you, uh, having spent a lot of time in and around a senior living facility, these are really vital businesses that do important work every day. Uh, real clearly going to pass the snap test if you're involved uh, as a family member, let alone uh, a customer of these businesses. So I think they're just only increasingly important. The graying of America, our increasing longevity, seems like, gentlemen, peak, P-E-A-K, to just use its ticker symbol, seems well positioned to me. Anybody want to offer anything more before stock number eight? I mean, I can't, I can't top that. I can't top that. I, I think that's I, I think that's totally right. Um, and I agree that Yasser is rookie of the year here, but I'm pretty easy competition. I mean, <laughs> the, like, let, let's let's be let's be clear. This is the second in a row where I think if Yasser gets one more, he ties the record that Maria set against me. <laughs> so, I mean, you're you're playing for I mean, you're playing for the gold here, Yasser. Thank you for adding some spice back into this and a little bit more suspense and some pressure on Yasser to whom we turn next with stock number eight. Yasser, question for you. Pepsi or Coke? Oh, can I go with Dr. Pepper? You sure can. You sure can. Uh, Yeah, my favorite soda drink would probably be a, a cherry Dr. Pepper Zero. Uh, which is not a very well-known beverage, but uh, it's definitely one after my heart. Uh, but between Pepsi and Coke, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Coke Zero any day. But let's stick with your beverage of choice, because Pepsi or Coke, that's just sort of a stand-in phrase. But what we really heard from you was Cherry Dr. Pepper Zero. Did I get that right? Yes, that's correct. So Yasser, here we are in late March of 2022. Roughly how many Cherry Dr. Pepper Zeros would you have consumed so far this year? 
this year, if I had my way, I would have probably had one every single day. Uh, but, uh, you know, some days I, I, I do make sure not to have a soda every single day. And uh, probably, probably a good approach. So, so yeah. So I, I would say maybe two, three dozen. So you are certainly a loyal customer to Cherry Dr. Pepper Zero. Before we move on, Tim, what is your soda of choice? Oh, man. I mean, great question, but I just don't have any anymore. Like, I'm not I'm not drinking alcohol anymore. I, I can't even remember the last time I had a soda. And when I did have soda, <laughs> the probably, I mean, my favorite, so which which one I still would have would be like cream soda. I love cream soda. I mean, it's terrible for you, but I do love a good cream soda. So I'll say cream soda. All right. Should well try said. cream well, soda, Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> exactly. Fair enough. Exactly. All right. Well, I didn't hear either of you gentlemen speak to a certain category of, of soda. Uh, in this case, energy drinks, but certainly Monster Energy has been a powerful purveyor of energy drinks for low these many years. Monster is a longtime rule breaker pick. Its ticker symbol is MNST. And as I recall, it's not ever that I picked Monster Beverage for rule breakers. It's that I think I picked Hansen. That's right. Which was bought out by Monster. That so we ended correct. up with Monster on the scorecard, Tim. And it, right. it's, it's been a pretty stellar performer much of the time ever since. So it's a reminder, sometimes you don't actually have to buy the big brand name like Disney. You can buy Marvel stock. Then Disney buys out your Marvel. All of a sudden, you've got Disney in your portfolio. Well, that's yep. what happened to us with Monster Energy. But let me turn now back to Yasser because we need to put some pressure on him. It's been a little bit easy street. I think, Tim, you, you've been suggesting. So let's ask Yasser for his market cap range for the Monster Beverage Corporation, ticker symbol MNST. All right. Um, I would say that Monster Beverage is somewhere between $47 billion and $53 billion. Fairly tight range there. It implies, Yasser, you've spent some time recently perhaps looking at this company? Maybe, maybe not. I uh, I cannot divulge that information in front of our mutual friend, Tim Byers. And there's but... <laughs> no need for you to do so. I like that. Very cagey. But I, I would say, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Monster Beverage is one of the best performing stocks historically for the S&P 500, uh, I believe, over the past 15 years or so. Um, so but yeah. well, let's get into that in a minute, but let's first turn to all of our players at home in all of the many homes that they are in right now. Some, some of us are listening to this podcast on top of a mountain. Others are trying to get kids to soccer. We're all over the world right now, Tim, listening to what you're going to say and thinking what we're going to say. Yasser said $47 billion to $53 billion for Monster Beverage. Tim Byers, players at home inside or outside that range. See, Yasser was very confident on that one. So this is, I have, I'm only playing the man here, David. This is 100% what, what's <laughs> happening here. Very, very confident, div diverted a little bit from his previous, you know, the, the way he was calling it before. So this one was different. So 
that tells me that either he's totally nailed it or he's playing a little bit of a head game with me. And I think he's playing a little bit of a head game with me. I actually think it's higher. And I'm going to say outside the range. And you got it, Tim. That's right. It was a pretty good call by Yasser. Monster, though, I, yeah, it's, it's sold off uh, along with the rest of the market here over the last several months. So Yasser and players at home, it probably was within 47 to 53 not too long ago. Today, though, Monster Beverage tipping the scales at a market cap of 40, 40.62 billion. So just a little bit, just about 15% under the lower end of Yasser's range. This is a company that has, yes, been a stellar performer. When you look at the data of market performance over the course of, let's just go back to like the last 20 years, stocks up 50,000% or so. So yeah, it's up more than 500 times in value. It is a company, gentlemen, that hits the headlines sometimes in a negative way. Do you remember the? there was like a, a news story or two back in the day that somebody had had a Monster Energy drink and unfortunately died. And then whenever a story like that hits the headlines, people tend to start watching and waiting for the next one to happen. And then you hear somebody else who may have had some other drug in their body, but then had an energy drink also died. There was a, a bandwagon effect. This was not a lot of people, but the story cast a big, dark cloud over Monster Energy stock. That's happened from time to time. In fact, hint, hint, one of the stocks yet to come, also has had that same dynamic play out in its business. Anyway, guys, pretty good call on Monster Beverage. The market cap, yes, right around $41 billion rounding up. So, Tim, congratulations. It's Yasser 6, Tim 2. Let's keep going. All right, on to stock number nine. Tim, have you ever been to Europe? Yes. Can you share a brief memory, a happy memory, one of your times in Europe? Where oh, were you? Man. What was happening? I mean, there's a few. I I really loved. So the trip was uh, went to Dublin in Ireland, Glasgow in Scotland, and and London, and then brief trip to Paris. Uh, that was one. Another time, uh, actually on that same trip, returned to Monte Carlo. Been to Monte Carlo uh, wow. before been Florence, there. Florence, Italy. Uh, brilliant you know, loved, uh, loved Florence. Um, I'll say for this particular story, I'll go with one I've told before internally. I don't know if I've ever told it publicly. I have had, um, and you know, like it's, it's the closest thing I've had to a physical religious experience. Cue the hallelujah chorus. Um, even though I don't drink anymore, I probably still would have one of these uh, on a special occasion. Went to the St. James Gate Brewery, which if you know anything about Dublin, Ireland, that is where they brew Guinness. And at the Guinness Brewery, after you get the tour, at the end of it, there are taps there and they will pour you <laughs> a Guinness straight from the tap. I'm getting the chills right now. <laughs> it was glorious. Like the heavens open, cue the hallelujah chorus, just as uh, amazing. So yeah, that was great. Dublin was phenomenal, but all of it was great. But I mean, I I can't wait to go back to Europe at, at some point principally yeah. to see a game at Selhurst Park. But yeah, that was brilliant. I loved would, it. Would you ever consider going to Switzerland? 
Sure. I mean, I've heard nothing, but it's just incredibly beautiful in that part of the world. Yeah, we were talking about where companies choose to put their headquarters earlier. This company, which was founded in 1891, I believe, uh, was founded in Switzerland. So it makes a lot of sense that they would put their headquarters in Zurich and just kind of keep it there for a long, long period of time. So ABB, which is, well, actually, until... ABB sold its power grids division in 2020. It was Switzerland's largest industrial employer. This is a global Fortune 500 company. Maybe that helps people think about what their market cap should be or their range might be. But ABB, which is, well, actually, the Bs were Brown and Bavarian. They were two gentlemen who founded this company uh, over a century ago. But this company today is in electrification, in process automation, robotics motion. They're making trains. They're electrifying the trains along the tracks. They're doing a lot of big, heavy stuff, not just for Europe, but for the world. Again, a global Fortune 500 company for 24 years. All that said, gentlemen, this is not a stock I know particularly well. I will say it's been a little bit of an underperformer in recent years. So it hasn't been an exciting place necessarily to have your money, but it's certainly it's got to have been a remarkable investment if you've, you've held for 30 plus years. And I bet some people, at least in Switzerland, have. So let me turn now to Tim Byers. This is your final call this week, Tim. The market cap range for ABB Limited, ticker symbol ABB. I think this is one from the market cap game show where we think it's a little bit bigger than it actually is. Um, because it has such a long history, but it's not so small as, you know, like it's, it's not one that's been so punished that it's tiny, but it's, you know, it's the kind that you would think is like, maybe like 75 or $80 billion, but I don't think it is. I think it's closer to 27 to 31. Actually, I'll take that back. 27, 27 billion to 40 billion. I'll I'll make it a slightly bigger range. Enlarging your market cap range a little bit for your friend Yasser and all of our listeners at home. All right. Well, I was admitting off air to my friends that I really have very little association or knowledge of this company. I did watch a pretty good two-minute video, one of those beautiful slow motion videos, kind of Tim Byers with his Guinness slow motion kind of a video showing uh, the work of ABB around Europe, beautiful snowy landscape with a train flying by. It's obviously a very important company. I also love to diversify some of my holdings. I love to find companies of real substance that are based in other countries. I think that helps our portfolios diversify further. So let me now turn to Yasser and to all of our players at home and ask you, do you want to agree with Tim's market cap range of $27 billion to $40 billion inside that range or outside that range? It's a really, it's really hard to say. Um, I can see it being inside that range. I can also see it being outside that range. Uh, it's definitely one of those kind of classical, you know, industrial powerhouses in Europe. Um, so you would assume that it's 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 bigger, but uh, at the same time, you know, as you said, David, it has not been performing very well over the past few years, so maybe not. Um, I'm going to go with outside the range. 
And sure enough, it is. In fact, I kind of love what Tim did there because he put out that this is probably a company that might be around, I don't know, you said 70 or 75 billion, but then you qualified it. A little bit of Costanza here, Tim, as you came down much lower. But in fact, this company is (laughs) 71.01 billion. So you kind of put out there that that's probably what it is, but you're not going to do that. You're going to go. 27 to 40, but Yasser and players so at home, like you said, typical. outside the range. I mean, Tim's instincts were right. This is, this company is a $71 billion company today. And I will note, because there are a lot of people looking at dividends for stocks like this, this company is presently yielding 2.48%, not as much as Health Peak Properties, the REIT earlier, but uh, certainly a pretty generous dividend. Admittedly, the stock has been more sideways than up in recent years, but uh, there's some comfort, certainly, as we get older in life and need some income in a big, substantial European enterprise like this that pays, uh, and, and safely so, a pretty hefty dividend. So, Tim, I want to give you props because I f- almost feel like you should get a half point there, but I can't do that. That's not the way the game scored. Players at home, if you said outside. Well, now it's, it's tense because now Yasser has officially tied the the number of points that Maria had absolutely crushing me. So get the next one and you set the new record. All right. Well, let's pick it up right there then with the stage set then. The past is but prologue. Yasser, turning to you now, you have spent substantial portions of your life both in the United States and in Egypt. Uh, Yasser, have you spent three or more years in any other countries besides those two? No, no, I, 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 okay. I would remember. Okay, good. Yeah, you sure would remember, but I didn't know, so I figured I should ask. So I'm just curious if you'd give us just a a snapshot of how you would compare and contrast law enforcement in Egypt, as you saw it, and in the United States, as you've seen it. I would say that law enforcement in the United States, it's definitely a place where I don't feel a problem calling the police if, if there is an issue. Uh, in fact, I have uh, on, on, on occasion before. Uh, one time I was living in Boston and uh, a gentleman uh, was trying to break into the apartment as I was inside of it. Uh, and I called the cops and uh, they came right away. But of course, when that person saw that I was actually inside the apartment, he thought it was empty. Uh, he, he made a run for it. But uh, it, was, it was one of those unsettling experiences. But I loved the fact that the police came, um, you know, the police officer came and he asked me how, how I'm doing, uh, asked obviously for a description of the person who uh, tried to break in. But ultimately, he started chatting with me about college, about, you know, sports. Uh, and he was a real Bostonian and he loved the fact that I went to BU and not to Harvard, uh, you know, and I was living on the right side of the Charles River. Uh, not across uh, that uh, elite Cambridge side. <laughs> so uh, so it was a fun experience. Now contrast that with an actual break-in that happened uh, in uh, our apartment, childhood apartment in Cairo, uh, where we called the cops after and they, the, the police officer asked my dad, have you caught the, you know, the robber? And my dad said no. And the police officer just very instinctively responded, well, why should we come over then? <laughs> so, wow. Exactly. So I, I'll leave it at that, and I'll say that that pretty much sums up the uh, disparate experiences I've had with law enforcement in both countries. Well, and thank you. We all have different stories to tell, and part of what I love about this podcast is hearing 
the different perspectives and experiences. And certainly it's a motley world out there. And thank you for sharing that, Yasser. That's that's quite amazing. Roughly what year did you have that conversation at Boston University? I would say that was uh, 2007. So probably police body cams were not really out in force, uh, if at all. And I'm not even sure. Probably tasers were. And Tim Byers, since Axon Enterprise, originally called Taser, has been a longtime rule breaker performer. I'm pretty sure tasers do date back to that time and before that time. But in particular, the growth in video footage uh, and, you know, what does the policeman see? And let's be transparent with that. And I want to understand that. And so police departments these days put body cameras on their officers, at least in the United States and increasing parts of the rest of the world. And all of that video needs to be housed somewhere. And so Axon Enterprise, pretty smart company, started a cloud-based initiative called Evidence.com. They might have acquired it. I can't quite remember. But anyway, this is today a pretty fully featured cloud-based law enforcement support company. Uh, I think a lot of us know this company. It's certainly come up a lot in the past on this podcast. It's been in some of my five-stock samplers. Uh, This is a company that some people have mixed feelings about. Some people don't like tasers. They think they're more dangerous than they purport to be, supposedly non-lethal. I side more with the, yeah, they're a lot less lethal than bullets. And I also love transparency in police body cameras and body armor. So, uh, And I like a good policeman. I think we have a lot of them in the U.S. And sometimes they don't get the headlines, unfortunately. But So with all that said, I'm turning back to you now, Yasser, for the final market cap range of this market cap game show. The ticker symbol is AXON. The company is Axon Enterprise. Yasser, what is your market cap range for Axon Enterprise? Hmm. Um, yeah, Axon is is one one of those companies that you always assume it's bigger than it actually is. <laughs> uh, so this is what Tim uh, said last time. I know how you. Oh, really? This is a good way to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still going to stick with a tight range, uh, just like the past question. And I'm going to go with between 9 and $10 billion. Between 9 on the low end and $10 billion. Again, implying that Yasser knows this company pretty well, has looked at it recently. Some of us, we could probably say the same ourselves. Many of us have not. So it's very interesting. Tim, I see you because we can see each other in video. I see you with your You've got a little bit of Rodin's thinker look as you sit there. I'm not saying you're posing. It's just a natural, that that Rodin-esque look. And I'm wondering, Tim, whether you want to say inside and players at home, that range of 9 to $10 billion, or outside. I think, um, yeah, this is, th- this is interesting. And... Um, I I kind of want to say inside, and my instincts have been correct today, and I've been going against them. <laughs> so I'll I'll you know, and it would be it would be hilarious if this does give Yasser the eight. So for all of those reasons, I will go inside the range. Good on you, Tim Byers. And I know a lot of people are pulling for you because you have performed better than three suggests. But darn it, you got to three with a plus one right there because the market cap for Axon Enterprise is nine points two eight billion. It is inside Yasser's range. 
Yasser, excellent call on that. Clearly, you know this company pretty well. Thank you for sharing your story as well. Yeah, Axon Enterprise, one of the better stocks you could have owned over the last 10 years. Get this, gentlemen. This stock 10 years ago was somewhere around, I don't know, $5 a share. Today, it's around $125 a share. So in just the last decade, I mean, the market's up slightly more than a double, whereas Axon Enterprise is up about 30 times in value. And let me hasten to mention that it's dropped. That 30 times the value is after a drop from 200 at the end of last year to about 125 today. So this is one of those companies down more than 30% from its recent highs might be worth looking at. Yasser, Tim, does either of you own Axon Enterprise? I do. And Yasser, a little bit more of your thesis going forward for the company. Why do you own Axon? Well, I, I mean, for all the reasons you have mentioned earlier, David, but I would also add their mission statement really appeals to me. I, I believe their mission statement boils down to something along the lines of saving lives or protecting lives. Uh, and I do believe that, you know, body cams and other non-lethal means of law enforcement do help in protecting lives. Um, I love what they have done with their offering through evidence.com and other SaaS uh, type offering. I believe they have created almost a complete ecosystem for law enforcement. And um, I don't see much competition uh, in, in that field. So uh, Axon Enterprise is definitely one of those companies that uh, I feel good about having in my portfolio. Wonderful. Well, thank you for that, Yasser. And congratulations. You've racked up seven points in your rookie debut on the Market Cap Game Show. Tim Byers, talented and good-natured and humble as always. We will agree, Tim, slightly humbled this particular time because Yasser really did bring the goods. I think a lot of us learned more about what an inner Costanza could mean or not mean for each of us. <laughs> That's so I true. Know, and I just wanted to to yell at the end when he was making that final call, you know, when Elaine says to, to Costanza, stick with the opposite. <laughs> you know? But unfortunately, he went with his gut and made the right call. He nailed it. And while t while Yasser has scored seven and Tim has scored three, we would love to hear how you scored on this week's Market Cap Game Show. We hope you did well. And even if you didn't, we hope you learned a lot and had fun along the way. This is a delight to do four times a year. This has been the Market Cap Game Show for March of 2022. I want to thank again Tim Byers and Yasser El Shami for their guest stardom. I want to thank you for suffering fools gladly this week. We hope you had fun. And I also want to thank Heather Horton, who stepped in as our producer for this particular show. Always so talented across so many different Motley Fool multimedia offers. So thank you, Heather. And yep, next week, it is the Rule Breaker Investing Mailbag. Looking forward. Your questions, my best answers. In the meantime, have a great week. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Yasser. Fool on. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rule Breaker Investing at rbi.fool.com.